I'm just getting started. I'm two weeks in, so if anyone's willing to talk, I'm more than happy to go. So I appreciate you taking the time, and it's uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, what do you think so far, man? What are you in? Seven episodes, six episodes? Yeah, yeah. So I did, I did two. So we we're at six that have been posted. Uh, I did two a little earlier today, a couple hours ago. So. Uh, this is number nine. Uh, it's it's fun. I, I I really enjoy it. I uh, I mean the first two were were shaky. Um, you know I'm just trying to I write down a few questions and then don't actually ask them. Just kind of like I <laughs> go with the, go with the flow. I find is probably the way to do it. Um, just trying to get rid of the awkward silences there where no one's talking and I'm I'm still I'm still figuring it out. But uh, but I enjoy it and I mean I uh, I got it started because uh, there's no. Um, I'm, I've been obsessed with UFC for about eight years now, and uh, I've been doing that MMA matchmaking for a few years. And uh, now that there's no UFC, I'm like, you know, what am I gonna do? Uh, and I figured I had a few followers and a few uh, UFC fighters followed me, and people that are also just as a big fan, as big of fans as I am. So I was like, I may as well just start something and have conversations with people and uh, see where it goes. And no real like i don't expect this to take off or anything but uh figured it's fun and uh see see what i can do with it um so i i enjoy it love it man love it i've uh i've tried to get something in the swing so i kind of threw in your your dm my buddy mo fights in the ufc yeah we've been talking about it for a long time doing a podcast and trying to get both of us to cohesively align our schedule to make it work has been pretty brutal, but uh, I like it, man. I like the ambition. It's kind of the perfect time, too. Yeah, well, I mean, no one else has anything to do, right? So uh, I started <laughs> off, I reached out to uh, to Mike Rodriguez, the light heavyweight. Oh, yeah. And, uh, he was the first fighter on the, uh, I guess, uh, that I spoke to. And uh, I essentially said, look, man, uh, this is what I'm doing. And he said, whenever I'm bored, I have nothing else to do. So, uh <laughs> So I figured all most UFC fighters are kind of in the same boat. Um, as long as they're not on 249, they're pretty. Uh, there's nothing. Uh, you know, they're not doing a whole lot. How are things there? Yeah, potentially on 249. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows at this point? What are your What are your thoughts on it? Do you uh, Do you think the fight's happening? Obviously, we're hearing Khabib's in Russia. It, it's tough because. I don't want to talk about like the four times previously, this being the fifth time, like it being cursed. Everyone knows that. Right. Um, And everyone's going to think differently about the UFC. Should they be doing it? Shouldn't they be doing it? At the end of the day, I'm a fight fan. Fighters want to fight. I want to watch fights. Like I'm not mad about it. Um, you have to do something. I'm actually very intrigued to see your perspective. If you could put a matchmaking card together, I'll kind of give you my rundown. I think it happens. I think that the guy that everyone loves to hate in Colby Covington actually like turns into a face, saves the card, fights Tyrone Woodley, and Ganu and Rosenstruck are the co-main event. Unless somehow you make Masvidal, Usman happen in addition, that'd be unbelievable. But that's like asking way too much. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Usman and Masvidal can get done. I feel like there's. I think I feel like they both want to fight. I just don't know how you come to uh, 
to turn so quickly for you know two guys of that magnitude. But Woodley and uh, uh, Colby have been going back and forth since London. Um, so there's something there anyway. They both seem to want the fight. So I don't see why not. Uh, I know DC just posted uh, about a potential, like his card, and it's that, <laughs> which uh, which I which I like. Uh, obviously, it's a bit unreasonable. Um, but he was talking about Woodley versus Burns, which I I like that fight uh, more as a a fan. I just don't think it sells as well as Covington Woodley. Um, and Burns has obviously been training. Woodley's been training. They've both been prepping for fights. Um, so I think that makes sense, uh, more sense, I guess, than the Colby fight. I just don't think Colby's been as ready, I guess, as, as Burns. But that being said, it sells. Right? That, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 100%. Uh, and do you, what do you think about Gaethje? Like, would you... If you were Ferguson, I mean, he's got everything to lose if he accepts a fight with Gaethje. Um, but do you think that that's something that could happen there? Gaethje steps in, fights, Fergus, fights Ferguson. I, I say why not. I mean, if they're both going to fight, like, the nice part is that you have Khabib and you have Gaethje. They have the same manager, so it makes it a lot easier from a negotiating standpoint. So yeah. I think the cards are really in the hand of Tony. Like, do you take the fight? Because you got a lot to lose. And we all know that Gaethje's going to go either out as a hero or down on a, sh- on a shield. So, I mean, ultimately, like, you're asking for a fight the minute you sign that contract. I actually think that's more of an entertaining fight than Khabib Tony. 100%. Yeah, it's way more entertaining. Obviously, um, it doesn't attract as many viewers. And there's not as much like history in terms of like four fights. It's been booked five times, so there's not as much history there. But I think that fight is way more exciting given both of their styles. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you mentioned um, you know people disagreeing or agreeing with what UFC has been doing. Obviously, PFL just announced a couple hours ago that they're just going to wait and see what happens. Bellator just canceled three cards. Um, do you think that, I mean, obviously from a, um, a fan perspective, we obviously both want it to happen. Um, but if you were to think about it from a fighter perspective, do you think it's a good idea or do you think, you know what, it's probably better if they hold it? It's tough to say because I haven't done enough research since the initial Bellator card that got canceled. So I do know that on that original Bellator card, all of those fighters got paid. Um, I don't know if the fighters since have gotten paid. So if you were to take the element of getting paid out of the equation, I still think you would have fighters who want to fight. I don't think that it necessarily comes down to a paycheck. Granted, some of these high, bigger profile name fighters that have the money Like, why rush into the cage if you don't have to, given the circumstances? But for the guys that are trying to prove themselves, that are hungry, that want to climb the ladder, that maybe have made a couple bonuses but want to take that next step, I say you go for it, man. Like, no one's forcing them to be there, right? But I would also say if you're on a card that has been scheduled, that has been postponed or canceled, I feel like those guys deserve to get paid. And yeah, I feel I like the UFC makes a lot of money. Granted, I don't work in their office, right? 
but I feel like they got enough money to pay those guys at least their show money. Yeah. So the thing about Bellator that was interesting is the second and third card that got canceled, I believe that there was only two or three fights on each one that had officially been announced. So it's not like they're paying out a full full fight card. That makes um, sense. Yeah. Um, so, like, for example, like, UFC 249 obviously was full. Um, and all the ones after that are full. Like, they're, you know, so if they push those, you know, it's kind of hard to to tell a Khabib, like, yo, you're not getting paid. It's not your fault, but you're not getting paid. Um, and like you said, even guys, I mean, Khabib and Ferguson, both are probably well off, but, you know, the mid-tier guys or the guys on the prelims, um, yeah, it's not fair to them if they don't get paid um, because a lot of them rely on that paycheck just to get by. Um, like, like, I think about a matchup that's been swirling on Twitter a little bit, like you spoke of Gilbert Burns, right? Like, Kiesa versus Gilbert Burns. Two Love guys it. that are right there on the cusp. Both those guys will fight. They don't really need the money. I mean, I'm sure they'll like it, but like those guys will fight because the yeah. minute that things resume to normal activity, now they're knocking on that door. They're not one, two fights away. That's what yeah, I think. Well, yeah, yeah. Burns has been calling for anybody. He called out Nganu. It doesn't matter to him what weight class. <laughs> Burns just wants to go. Uh, I was talking to Ty Gwerder. He's a Bellator middleweight. Um, he's four and one. And I asked him the same sort of question, like, why like, would you take it? And he's like, well, I haven't been training. I haven't been doing all that, but I'm Hawaiian. So yeah, I will. So like, he's just like, you know, he's always, he's like, I'm always down to go. It doesn't matter where, it doesn't matter when, it doesn't matter who, um, you give me a call and I'll, and I'll do it. So a lot of guys do have that mentality and it's not always about the paycheck. Um, so I, I'm under the, like, I've been seeing like guys like Sterling, Aljamain Sterling is like, I don't want to be anywhere near a ring for another while. Um, and then there's guys like Burns who don't, doesn't really matter. So I just think it's really just dependent on the athlete. Like, I think if they want to go, why not? And if I just don't think the UFC should a force anybody. And if they're booked and they don't want to fight, then they should get paid. Um, it's not, you know, it's things that happen. It's out of their control, but, you know, I, I, I don't think it's fair that uh, people don't get paid if they're scheduled to fight and the contract's been signed. 100%. Here's an interesting question for you that gets kind of thrown around. So do you know the hydration rules with like one FC? Oh, yeah. Like the yeah, because they're all fighting up like 10 pounds. They can't cut weight or whatever. Yeah, like you know, can't dehydrate yeah. your body more yeah. than 30% or whatever yeah. remaining. I think that this would actually be a really good time because UFC is aggressively moving towards moving forward through the pandemic, which is kind of against the grain with what everyone else is doing, every other sports organization in the world, right? But you could also implement something really positive and saying, hey, now we're going to do these hydration rules to eliminate these huge cuts. It also makes fighters way more available on short notice because they don't have to cut as much weight. So it's healthier for the fighter. You're getting people to fight in a natural weight class. So you're selling it as a positive while you're kind of pushing against the norm to keep going. That's my opinion. Yeah, I think, yeah, you're right. I mean, it, I mean, everything, all other organizations are bashing the UFC, but if they were to like balance it out and say, look, we're also doing this thing. That's nice. That's great. It kind of takes, takes things away from uh, the negative 
um, that I don't think is a negative. I think as long as the fight, it's not like you're not forcing fighters to go to work. Um, sure. So it, I don't think it's a negative, but I, I get that stance. Um, but it does, like you said, take take eyes off that. I hadn't even thought about that, but that's a, that's a very good point. Um, yeah. Another thing that was in the news, John Jones. <laughs> what oh, do you man. You knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was like, I was kind of pissed that we couldn't do this episode yesterday because it felt like the perfect day. Like, yeah. you can't fight. John Jones is relevant. I was like, oh my gosh. Yesterday was uh, crazy. The amount of things that came out with Khabib stuck in Russia, John Jones, Bellator announcing the cancel. It was just so much was going on yesterday. Um, but I mean, it's still relevant. So, mm. uh, your thoughts? Man, I feel bad for him, right? Like, I don't, I've never personally met John. I don't know him. Like, I don't know his family, his circle. So I'm not going to make any judgments, right? So this is an uneducated fan's perspective. I personally will call John Jones the GOAT, right? When it comes to in-cage activity, he's the GOAT, in my opinion. Um. I think it's one thing to make these mistakes in your early 20s, right? You come into a lot of money. Your brothers play in massive organizations. Like, it's easy to slip up at a young age. The fact that you're still doing this at 32 years old. Oh, man, it's tough. And a white now. And part of me feels bad because it's like, we're all dealing with the coronavirus, right? Like people are quarantining, like people are doing very unnatural things in their habitat to kind of exist within society. So I can I can understand how that makes you stir crazy. It may draw some erratic behaviors that you've kind of like muddled. But the thing is, these are the demons that he still hasn't overcome, in my opinion, because they wouldn't arise in times of chaos if you had overcome them. So I don't know what needs to change. The UFC is not getting rid of them. Everyone wants to watch them fight. Like, you hate to say it, but the next time they put a John Jones fight on, we'll all sit here. If it goes to a judge's scorecard, we'll debate on how he scored the card. At the end of the day, John still wins. Like, he will forever be that guy, but he can't. Like, there's a 30 for 30 coming with his name on it. And Ariel Hawani said this one time, and, like, I couldn't agree more, like, there's a 30 for 30 John Jones that's going to be made one day. Yeah, I had uh, I compared him to Tiger Woods in the sense that, I mean, obviously Tiger Woods had one or two incidences. And then since then, you haven't seen him in the news. He's also older and he's more mature than, than John at this point. But, you know, it doesn't tarnish his golfing career, right? Like, he's still the greatest golfer of all time. Um, no, he didn't take steroids or anything like that. Um but does this tarnish him as being the goat? I I say no, um, just because you know I think he's he got caught in what two fights for for doping, and one of them I think was cocaine. So I I don't I personally don't think it paints him in a you know as not a great fighter or not the goat simply because of that. I don't think it makes him a worse fighter. Um, I still think he's personally the goat. I still think Tiger Woods is the greatest golfer of all time. Um, but there's always going to be people who are going to bring that up. Uh, do you think that, you know, because of that, he's below DC or he's below Demetrius Johnson or GSP or Anderson, or do you think, you know what, 
his personal life aside, he is the best fighter of all time. Hmm. So that's a good question. I think if you ask me the greatest fighter of all time, and you ask me the greatest mixed martial artist of all time, mixed martial artist. I think that those are two different questions. And so, like I say that because I think John Jones is the greatest fighter of all time. When I think about like mixed martial artists, I think there's fundamental like life morals that you implement through that journey, like the Stephen Thompsons, the Demetrius Johnsons, the GSPs, like they, the Rory McDonalds, the guys that don't even talk shit because it's not part of martial arts. I think they get in their own category compared to like greatest fighter. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, like the Hoist Gracies, like like those guys who have always been classy and win, like winning your feet, no trash. Yeah, I, I get, I get what you mean. Yeah, I think, you know, he hasn't. John Jones submitted. I mean, the, the way I look at it is he he beat guys who were martial artists their entire career by fighting, not by. You know, he he doesn't have the best technique when it comes to jujitsu. He doesn't have the best form, but he fights and he wins. Uh, similar to Nate and Nick Diaz, those guys are fighters through and through, not necessarily martial artists. Um, so I guess I'll ask you this. Who do you think is the best martial mixed martial artist of all time? I have, I have GSP. Um, I'm also Canadian, so there's a little bit of a yeah. bias there. Uh, I live in I Minnesota, have... so I'm pretty much Canadian. So... <laughs> Um, the cold, the cold's just as bad there as it is here. I, I'm gonna say GSP over Demetrius Johnson just for the sole fact that GSP came back and won the 185 title. So the fact that he's held titles in two divisions compared to one, that's why I'm gonna give him the edge. Um, I would also put Anderson Silva in that conversation. Don't care how he's lost lately. Things like that. I think that Anderson Silva deserves to be in the conversation as well. Yeah. The only thing I have against DJ, and I, I love DJ, um, was level of competition. And I think no matter what anyone says, that's always going to be a thing. You know, like Ray Borg, as much as like I respect Ray Borg, I respect um, Wilson Hayes, I respect all the guys he has beaten. But you know, he isn't beating the Quentin Rampage Jacksons, the the Matt Hughes, the the Rich Franklins that the other guys had. Um, and I think that's the only thing that's holding him back. And the only person that really challenged him at 125 is the guy who currently holds the belt, or who held the belt until he, uh, in Henry Cejudo. Um, and he lost. I didn't think he lost, but he lost. So it's, <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's, uh, I don't know, I think that, you know, you can... I just, I just don't think the level of competition was was there for for me to say he's the goat. Um, but his records there, his records phenomenal. He had done things that, you know, was unheard of. The, uh, but I just think the level of competition is the only thing that's stopping me from naming him the goat. Um, but GSP and Anderson and Anderson, I, I forgive the last few losses, but I because I think it's age and. And the game kind of evolved around him. Um, you know, I don't think GSP beats uh, Kamaru Usman. I, 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 
I don't know, but I don't I don't see him beating mm-hmm. these guys. Uh, but that's a case. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, he sure. beat Bisping, but you know, you never know. I have no idea. Um, if UFC 249 happens, and for some miraculous reason, could be even Tony takes place, who do you have winning it? I'm going to pick Khabib because I'm tired of losing money on Khabib. (laughs) Um, And nothing against Tony. I think uh, you've kind of alluded to this in a few other interviews. Like, he has been touched. And I think that Khabib causes more danger than Tony. Do I think that there's a chance Tony cuts him up, elbows him up, does some funky stuff off the ground? Yeah, but I think once Khabib wraps his legs around your legs and your butt's on the ground, like, nobody can do anything. It's yeah. impossible. I've been going back and forth, and I, I said that on an interview and then after, or on a, one of these podcasts, and then afterwards I had thought about it, and I was like, that, that choke that um, uh, yes, Poirier, Poirier had him in, I think that if Tony has that in, oh, it's, it. it's, it's, it's different. Right, so there's, I've been going back and forth because yeah, Tony got rocked by Venata, by you know everybody he fights really, a Pettis, um, but Khabib has also put himself in weird positions against guys like Poirier. Where if, I think it just comes down to whoever makes the first mistake. I don't see it going to decision. I think a lot of no. people have Khabib decision. I don't. I think someone gets finished. Um, I think Tony's too active. I think he, he won't play it safe. He's either going to go for the win or he's going to go for the loss. I think he plays it risky. He's not going to sit back and let it go to the judges, in my opinion. And he always turns it up. He's kind of like that DS style where he turns it up three, four, five. Like, yeah. Remember the Cerrone fight? Like Cerrone kind of had the technical advantage in round one. All of a sudden, Ferguson just turns it up, blows his eye open. Round two looks like pop. Like I don't know what was going on with his eye. It was crazy. Yeah, that was. I, I'm I'm diehard cowboy fan, so I I, I didn't like that. I didn't. He's my favorite fighter. I I didn't like nice. uh I didn't like that fight at all. Uh, <laughs> but it was impressive. I just didn't like my boy losing. Um, yeah, you're you're a basketball coach, right? Yeah. So well. I've kind of retired, I should say. So I coached AAU basketball for seven years, um, and then I coached high school basketball for two years. And so I'm getting married this year, and between planning a wedding and just life in general, I thought it was a good time to step down. I had taken a group of kids from their sophomore year in high school up until their senior year, and so they're graduating this year. So I was like, instead of starting with a new group of kids, it's kind of the perfect year to kind of take some time off get back to normality and work on some house projects, I guess. I don't know. Are you, uh, you planning on doing that? Or like jumping back in there next year? Or is it Man. just, uh... um, that's a great question. I think, um, there's a part of me that wants to, so I'm going to go on a rant for a second. The team that I coached in high school. So I resigned last year. So all of the kids, we had like eight kids that were seniors this year. And I'm like best friends with the guy who's a varsity coach. It was me and him who ran the varsity team. Well, this year they played in the section championship to go to state tournament. And so they'd only made it to the state tournament two times in the entirety of the program. 
So they go, they win on a buzzer beater to win by two points to go to the state tournament. But the crazy part was is they restricted the audience where each team could only have 50 tickets so they could only have 100 people in attendance. So he hits this buzzer beater, and we run out on the court, storm the court, even with only, like, 50 people. It's ridiculous. But up until that moment, you could have asked me, like, hey, are you going to go back? And I'm like, probably not till I have a kid. But after that moment, I was like, damn, I miss this. <laughs> like, that's the things that you do it for. But um, I don't know. I'll reevaluate it when the time comes. Who knows? Who knows when basketball is even going to begin again? Yeah, yeah, who knows? I'm a, I'm a, a swim swim instructor i guess but uh yeah i i miss that i miss being able to see the progression uh you know i've taught kids from time they were four until they were 16 and you see like i'm 24 so when i started i was like 15 and uh i still taught up until this year so like you know when you see a kid grow for nine years i've been teaching the same kids it's uh definitely rewarding when you know you see how much they've grown and how much they how much better they've gotten and um, and I'm sure as a basketball coach, you probably get to, to meet them more on a personal level than I do as a swim instructor. So, uh, you know, awesome, coach, yeah, coaches definitely, uh, inspire kids to, to do great things. So, um, you know, if, if you do go back, uh, <laughs> you do go back, man, I, uh, rooting for you and, uh, yeah, I appreciate it. Um, not to break like the fourth wall, how much time we got? As long as we want. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. I got a couple questions. So right. I've seen other people do matchmaking, right? Never paid it any attention. I randomly stumbled upon yours on Twitter. And I was like, dude, this guy's doing not just main card fight, like fight matchmaking. He's doing from top to bottom. Yeah. How does it work? Like, how do you keep all of these options? And because it's like, sometimes don't get me wrong. Like, you're like, that may be a stretch. But, like, they're all yeah, relatively yeah, I mean, decent I think, options. I think, really, like, realistically, no matter who I match up, there's always going to be someone who's like, ah, come on, really? Cowboy versus this person? Or, you know, Nico Price? Like, what? The, you know, so it doesn't really matter what, you know. And a lot, I have a, an Excel spreadsheet um, that I made a couple, two years ago that has a list of every fighter that's ever fought in the UFC, their record, who they fought against, whether they're active, whether or not. Uh, it's... Dude, like, this is the accounting in you right here. Yeah, it's the accounting. Yeah, it's like <laughs> 25 tabs. It's got um, – so I've, I'll plug in like Gilbert Burns and it has, has a list of all his recent results. Um, and I have a list of all the welterweights, where they train, everything. Um, so that's kind of how I, I base it off of. So I'll like um, – so let's say we have Masvidal versus Diaz. So when that fight happened – I plugged in Diaz, saw his last fights, you know, what's he doing? He lost his last two or whatever it is. Um, and then I go to the welterweight tab. And in there, I look up the rankings and as well as their records, who they fought. And more or less, I just match up whether or not I think I've like narrowed down to two or three and I match up whoever I think matches up best stylistically. Um, a lot of times, you know, like, for example, I had Yoel Romero versus Omari Akhmedov after the last fight everyone's like why like oh, my, yoel is a beast he's you know he's only lost to killers um i just thought you know you're on a loose three fight losing streak i'd rather see him drop down a little bit pick up a win before bumping him back up um but it that's kind of how i 
how I do it. Um, and I do it with every fighter. Every fighter, like you said, from prelims to, to main card. I'm also building one now for Bellator as well. Um, the only issue I have with the Bellator is they sign people just for one, one card. Uh, so it's a lot it's a lot harder than the UFC um but yeah it's I don't know it's it's passion that you have to have for it um and I don't like I, I don't get paid to do it I just I don't know like when any anytime someone likes it it's just like it's like you know what someone saw it and someone someone appreciated my match matchmaking so it, it motivates me to keep doing it and if you like it you'll do it <laughs> but uh but no I appreciate that you saw it and yeah I'm glad you uh, I'm glad you stayed tuned to them Dude, it's impressive, like, the amount of info that it takes. It's kind of funny because I went to school for business management and accounting. Uh, I never took my CPA. Like, I, I watched a movie, The Accountant. I was like, thanks, Ben Affleck. You taught me. I do not want to be an accountant. <laughs> but I totally get, like, the spreadsheet, plan it all out. Like, I've been trying to do fight picks for probably about, like, half a year now. And it's it's kind of the same process. Like, yeah, you could just randomly pick it. You could go off the favorites, da 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 but the amount of thought that I put into it, like the, the fight cards watching them from the beginning to end every week, like it definitely comes down to a passion. I think the fiance gets a little sick of it on Saturdays, yeah. but overall, I don't care. My, my girlfriend does the same thing. I'll be like, I'm watching UFC tonight. I don't want you to look at me. I don't want you to sneeze. I don't want you to breathe. Like, just stay there. Um, don't put your feet anywhere near me. <laughs> So, yeah, Saturday nights tend to be my night, and uh, I also don't like to watch them with people, which I think is something a lot of UFC fans, a lot of UFC fans like going to bars and watching them. I like watching fights at home by myself. Um, and that way I can, you know, I just rewatched the uh, Tiago Santos, John Jones fight. Um, I wanted to watch it because um, I'm a diehard Jones fan. I wanted to watch it from a neutral perspective and try to the best I can uh, you know, see how people had had scored it for Tiago. Um, because a lot of times you're watching it and you're, like, shaking. If, like, if Cowboy's fighting, I'm, <laughs> I'm like that. Um, so I, I wanted to see, like, I, I often rewatch them just to see if I, uh, if I agree with my original assessment of the fight. Um, and oftentimes my <laughs> initial assessment is awful, um, uh, especially if I like the fighter. <laughs> Have but you yeah. ever uh, gone back and watched them on mute so you don't hear the commentary? Yeah, yeah, I do. I, that's usually how I watch them when I replay it. I watch. I just watched the Jones Tiago one on mute. That's uh, how I chose to. Because I oftentimes like I'm listening to Joe Rogan, right? And you know the entire time Joe Rogan was talking about his busted knee, right? So as you know, if you're listening, you don't really understand the sport or you're not picking up on what Jones is doing or what Tiago is doing. You're like. Oh well, Joe Rogan's telling me he has a hurt knee. Therefore, Jones has to be winning, um, which isn't necessarily the case. Um, <laughs> so yeah, oftentimes yeah, I like rewatching them without commentary. If I'm watching it as a fan, I like I like I love Joe Rogan, so I like hearing it and I like hearing them hearing them talk. And uh, I'm by no means an MMA expert, so hearing their assessment or what they see or you know Dominic Cruz's saying, you know what, this is what he's got to do. This is how he gets out of this position. I like hearing that when I'm watching it as a fan. Um, but if I'm trying to score it, um, I don't. I mute it and try to try to watch it my way. Either way, I, I'm still always 
off. Like I rewatched <laughs> it with my brother and he had different opinion than I did. So like, you know, it never I had three two Jones. Me too. Yeah. 100%. I had, yeah. That's uh, the same thing you had in the Reyes fight. I had three two Jones as well. Yeah. We did. Well, okay, here's a good question. Not that either one of us are qualified judges. Joanna versus Wei Li. How do you score? It doesn't matter. <laughs> like, that's it, does. it doesn't even matter how you score that fight. I had 3-2 uh, Joanna, I think. I think I had 3-2 Joanna. Um, but I think it was like I had two comfortable ones for Joanna, two comfortable ones for Wei Li. And the third one, I was like, you know what? Does it really matter? Uh, <laughs> but I think I scored it. I, I had it scored Joanna by a hair. Um, but yeah, that's how I scored it. How did you have? I think uh, I think it was definitely as close to a draw as I've ever seen. If yeah. there was one time I didn't want to be a judge, that was the moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other time, GSP Hendricks. Do you uh, do you remember that fight? Did you watch it? I did. How did you How did you score it? Uh, see, like I had it three two Hendricks when I watched it. It's but, right. So at first I was like, damn, yeah. GSP lost that fight. But and I've I'm, gone back and I've watched this fight I don't know how many times. And I will tell you, every day you ask me, and if I've watched it since then, I might give you a different answer. Yeah, I scored the fight. Like, if you're scoring the fight as a whole, Hendricks won. But if you're scoring it by round, I could see GSP winning it. Like it so like I don't think it was as big as a robbery as everyone made it out to be that night. Um, but that's the only time where I've ever looked back and been like, man, I don't even know. Like I, I every time I watch it, like you said, it goes back and forth. Um, yeah, but that was a an interesting fight. I don't. Yeah, I could have. Won- I don't know. I have no idea. There are fights like that where you you finish watching it and you're like I don't I don't know, um, and Reyes Jones was one of them. That was the only time that I remember watching Jones fight that I've been scared. Like I I don't I didn't watch the Jones Gus fight the first one, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah. But when I when Reyes and Jones finished, I was scared. Uh, as a Jones fan, I was nervous. Hmm. All right, so here's another big topic in MMA. Open scoring. What do you think? Would you like it? Dislike it? Uh, I don't like it. I, I think I'm one of the few people that, that don't. Um, I, don't I, I don't like it in boxing either. Right? Like, I don't... Because I, like, I disagree often with what the, the card is, and I find oftentimes one judge will make... You know, if, if the judges post something up, it like changes your perspective of perspective of the fight. Um, I like I like watching it and then giving my pit like, you know, feeling how I feel about it. And then if the judges are different, I can bicker and I can complain. Um, but I also like bickering and complaining. So that that might be why. <laughs> that might be why. Um, I'm assuming you like it, eh? I I think so, man. I people always say like. Well, what if they're up 2-0 and then they just coast to a victory, right? And I think the UFC has proven, as much as it may piss some people off, if you're the guy that doesn't want to talk shit and you want to win by decision, 
sorry, Leon Edwards, but like it is the longest road to a title shot that you could possibly ask for in the UFC. And it's like probably the sole reason that like Rory McDonald left, right? Like you can go make money in other organizations doing that. But in the UFC, I think that it would take care of itself. Yeah. So I think it would only promote finishes. And how many guys got caught after a loss, after a win streak? Like Elias Theodorou, um, Jake Shields, you know, those John Fitch. Those guys aren't the most entertaining. They're excellent fighters. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I I just, I like it as a, you know, I, I like fighters going out there and fighting their fight. You know, if it's boring, it's boring. If it's not, it's not. Um, I don't mind the boring fights. I, you know, if if that's just how the fight ends up going, then, you know, it sucks. But um, I don't like guys fighting different ways to try to prove anything. I, I'm not a fan of that. Um, you I know, think, I'm, too, something that people don't talk about is, like, you ruin kind of the anticipation of the scorecard. So if you already know it going into exactly. the third round or the fifth round, like what keeps you in front of the TV kind of, I guess, from like a viewership standpoint, it's interesting. It's a really interesting perspective. Yeah. I know Joe's a big, like Joe Rogan's a big advocate for it. Um, I, I don't like it in boxing, right? Like I, I watch a little bit of boxing. I don't like it. I don't like seeing it. I don't like knowing the scores. Um, so that's probably why I'm, but, um, yeah, speaking of boxing, how did you feel about uh, Fury and Wilder? Did you watch it? Yeah. Um, I will say I did bet for Fury to win. And, like, this is nothing against Wilder. Um, I just thought the size advantage with how much weight that Fury had put on was going to give him more durability, I guess, and yeah. kind of a power, harder power punch. Um I thought it was great. Like, the problem is, like, the first one was really iffy, the way that they scored it, however you want to say who you thought win. I thought Fury won that one, too. Um, I thought Fury won won the rounds. I thought, you know, Wilder won the fight. You know, like, because you knock someone down, and they're down for 10 seconds, and you never got knocked down. If it's a fight, Wilder wins. But if it's a boxing match, I thought Fury won. It does create a logjam, though, because everyone wants to see Anthony Joshua in the mix now, too. So it's like, what's the next fight that you make? And then Wilder has kind of the rematch clause. And there's just so many weird pieces in boxing that I think people forget about from, like, a promotional standpoint. It's interesting. Yeah, I don't like the, uh, you know, those five different belts. Like, I, you know, I, <laughs> I hate that. Um, but I guess in a way, MMA has that, right? Bellator. True. And- W or WWE, uh, UFC one. Um, so I guess in a way they have the same thing, but um, I'm a fan of the best should fight the best, and especially in boxing. Um, you know, Floyd and Manny is a great example of that. It happened what seven years late. Um, last thing I want to see is Anthony Joshua fighting Tyson Fury ten years from now. Like now is the time to do it. Um, that being said, I like seeing guys stay undefeated. Um, so. I was a huge. I wanted Deontay Wilder to retire undefeated. I wanted him to be like fifty-five and zero. Uh, but now that he lost, Fury <laughs> He's the only one of the big three that hasn't lost. So uh, I, I'd I be rooting it, for him next. 
I think an interesting perspective too that people forget about is like when you think about Mike Tyson, right? Everyone's like Mike Tyson is the baddest dude around, right? Baddest heavyweight. Everyone talks about like how great his career was. But what people don't talk about is like how he ended his career, right? Like he was in a situation where he was iconic for so long that that's all that people remember. But people don't remember that he lost three of his last four, right? Like, they don't remember that he was losing to people named Kevin McBride. Like, nobody remembers that. So I think it is one thing to be undefeated, and I think that that's something that would have been awesome for Wilder, but I don't think people are going to remember this. I think losing to Tyson Fury, like, it is what it is. I think when you're that great, it's like Tyson Holyfield, Tyson Lewis, you know? I think it's just a great fight everyone wanted to see at the time. Yeah, the best, I mean, Ali was, Ali lost fights too, right? Like, I guess losing isn't the end of the world, but, you know, Floyd is always going to have that O there. And, uh, you know, I, th- I think when you make the case for GOAT, having a zero uh, is a huge, uh, helps a lot. Um, guys like Khabib and I guess Jones doesn't have it, but he That's should. That's what I was going to ask you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, like, that's a like, win. I, I don't care what you say. That's a win. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, he headbutt Jones' elbow a few times <laughs> until the doctor <laughs> stopped it. But, um, but yeah, like, I think if you have an O next to your name, it helps when it comes to the goat conversation. I don't think it takes away from your legacy as being, you know, uh, bad or badass or uh, a good fighter, but it definitely does when you throw the word goat around. Um, you know, I think that's something Jones is always going to have over guys like Anderson, GSP, and Demetrius. Um, you know, Matt Hughes beat GSP, and DC beat Anderson, and Henry Cejudo beat DJ. No one's beaten Jones. Um, and I think that same sort of thing applies to boxing. I think when they retire, Fury is going to go down as the better fighter simply because he has that zero. Um, that's why I like seeing that zero stays there. Uh, you know, it just helps with the, uh, you know, the goat conversation. Hundred percent. Do you watch? Uh, do you watch any other sports or just combat Man, sports? I would say, like, if there's anything that I could confidently talk about, it'd probably be MMA and basketball. Um, granted, don't get me wrong. Like, I watch football, basketball, baseball. Like, I I grew up in Boston, Massachusetts, so like I got super mm-hmm. blessed. Yeah, Patriots, like, Celtics, yeah, Red yeah. Sox, you're right in there. Yeah, I've watched every major championship so far in my life, and I'm only 31, so like that's pretty impressive. But um, as like shitty as this sounds, I think that having kind of that luxury of constantly being good hasn't made me such an adamant fan over the years. I feel like I've almost like come more towards MMA because I'm like more invested. If that makes yep. sense, like. I hate to say it, like, a Patriots game in the past, like, in September, I really don't care about it. Like, I don't care, win or lose, doesn't matter, like, let's talk in December. And, like, that's kind of a shitty mentality from a fan standpoint. Yeah. But, like, that's just where I'm at. Yeah, I'm in uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada, so the only professional team, like, high-level team we have here is lacrosse. Note, it's the best lacrosse team in, in North America, but... You know, yeah. How are you going to hold a conversation with someone about lacrosse? And I don't have any interest in lacrosse either, which doesn't help. Uh, but yeah, I soccer. Uh, being Spanish, soccer is definitely. Uh, you know, my family's 
born in Spain. So uh, diehard Barcelona fan, soccer. Uh, born in Spain and you live in Canada. Yeah, yeah. I was born in Canada. My parents moved to oh, Canada right. from, from Spain. Uh, they migrated over. Um, and then, ironically, they're actually living in Switzerland, and I'm here. Uh, so, they, um, yeah, my little brother plays on a team, a soccer team in, in Switzerland. Uh, so that's why they're over there. But, uh, yeah, soccer, uh, hockey, and MMA. That's about the I – can hold, I can hold a conversation in any of those three. Anything else, like I watch football – Sometimes I watch right. baseball rarely. Um, basketball is not my my cup of tea. Um, you know, I I respect respect them, and I watched Toronto last year because they're the only Canadian team. Uh, <laughs> so I randomly got interested in that for about seven games, and then there you go. it was good seven games. It was great seven games. Uh, yeah, yeah, we went. Uh, yeah, the entire the entire city went crazy. Um, I wish it was in Toronto for that, actually, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, it uh, it's it's just weird because it's almost as if a national team won something, because there's no other team, right? Like there's no, so Vancouver was celebrating, Halifax was celebrating, like it was it was as if like you know they won like the World Cup or something big because there is no other Canadian basketball team um, at that level. Um, so yeah, the everywhere was going nuts um which i think is you know you don't see that anywhere else in any other sport so being from canada ariel hawani's super proud of it and so he was talking about how proud he was that canada stepped down as the first team from the olympics what's your opinion on that it's cool that they did it but i don't really (laughs) it doesn't really matter to me i think I'm under the impression, like, I I personally think, like, as if you were an athlete and you want to attend and the staff that's there all wants to host the event, let it happen. Um, You know what the consequences are. You know what you're getting into. You know, um, there's a lot invested in the Olympics. There's, you know, you've got sponsors, you've got venues, you've got all those things already scheduled in. You know, it's, it's not something like, a UFC event where, you know, there's what 12 fighters. You've got thousands of athletes who have been training for it for years. You can't just pick it up and move it, which is what they did. Uh, it's just, you know, how many, how many athletes are prepared for this year? You know, like it's, <laughs> you can't, you know, you can't just stop training and then get back into it again. It's a lot of them have, are 34 or 35 and this may be the last run and one more year may, you know, there could be an injury and they couldn't, they may not be able to compete next year. It's a lot's invested. And I think it should be up to the athlete and the staff. Um, I think no one should be forced to work it and no one should be forced to compete, but if they want to, they should. Um, that being said, Canada is very liberal. Um, and I'm not necessarily the most liberal person, uh, I do have some liberal belief, beliefs, but I do think, you know, I, you got to value people's time and the effort they put in, and not just because, you know, a, a few people think that we need to protect everybody that, you know, I, I don't know. It's, 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 it's such a, it's, it's a touchy subject and, uh, you know, it, does, it doesn't really matter what I say. It, it, got, it got pushed. It got pushed. And uh, we're going to settle for that. That's funny. 
Fans are in luck today. We're covering everything on this podcast episode. Oh. I like oh, it. That's, that's what I like. I mean, it's it started with MMA, uh, but I like honestly wherever it goes, doesn't really matter to me. Like we can be talking about Tiger King, or we could be talking about any sport. We could be talking about doesn't matter to me. I really have no. It's very Joe Rogan like where we could be talking about weed one second and you know MMA the next. Does not matter. Does not matter. What? Uh, all right. So here's some good questions. So I got two buddies, both in the UFC. Um, you probably may who know who they are. I want to see what you got. If you could make two matchups for each person, let's see your spreadsheet skills. All right. I'm gonna. You got to give me a minute to pull out the spreadsheet, though. <laughs> no worries. So we got we got Maurice Green, right? He's yeah. Back to back losses. He was just at, just in the top fifteen. Um, he lost to Olenek, right? Alexi Olenek? Yeah, second-round submission. We went to yeah. that card. So speaking of Donald Cerrone, favorite fighter, by the way. So by far my favorite fighter. And don't get me wrong, like him versus Connor, dream matchup. But like we go to Vegas, I'm hoping for the greatest fight I've ever seen. Not only do you watch your buddy lose after he survives two rounds on the ground with one of the best jiu-jitsu heavyweights in the world, but then you watch your favorite fighter get demolished by Conor McGregor. Yeah, I had a I had a friend. He he called me right before the fight, and he goes, "I love Cowboy. Should should I bet on him?" And I was like, "No, don't, <laughs> <laughs> don't." Um, I I had predicted that it was going to be the second a second round finish for Conor, um, but I don't I I. I, I expected that was going to happen. I just thought it was going to be a little bit longer. P.S. Maurice is terrible at a phone, so he'll be on an episode soon. And I was like, dude, get <laughs> on Twitter. He's like, I only look at Instagram, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it, it's all good. So, uh, yeah, so we got – there's a few options here. He is 8-4. and four. Um, he's three and two in the UFC, and he's coming off back-to-back losses. Ben Sassoli, seven and three, coming off one loss, but he had a no contest before that. That fight makes sense, right? So I like that fight. And yeah. Ben Sassoli will entertain the stand-up, which I think is uh, going to be more exciting than fighting a guy like uh, Olenek. It's going to be almost switched. Um, and that might be one that Green actually may even want to take it to the ground um, because a guy like Ben Sassoli is very Mark Hunt-like where let's avoid the ground. Uh, so that's that's a potential matchup for him. Um, let's see. And they're both friends. So after being on the Ultimate Fighter together, I know that they said, hey, if it comes down to it, money's money. Yeah. <laughs> so that's good. Yeah, I think, I, think, you know, I think a lot of the Ultimate Fighter guys are aware that, and especially in a division like that, you know, a heavyweight division is not, there's not a whole lot of options. Uh, guys like welterweight, you know, there's 100 people in the welterweight division, so you can kind of pick and choose. Um, in heavyweight, you just kind of have to take whoever, uh, whoever comes your way. But that fight, that fight does make sense. I, I like that fight. I would have also liked to see um, potentially um, Chris De La Roca. I don't know if he's still... Technically signed. Um, I know he fought Juan Adams a little while ago. Um, 
and but Adams Adams would have been fun, but he got he just got cut. Um, mm-hmm. But De La Roca, if he's still under contract, I haven't really looked at it. That fight would make sense as well. Um, and I think it's good bounce back. I mean, you know, you he's lost two in a row. Uh, if I was matchmaker, and especially as a friend, if I was a friend, I would want him to try to get a win um, to get back in there because the last thing you want is to be, you know, have a three fight skid. Um, Especially in the UFC, I was thinking uh, Tybura might not yeah, be a he's, bad matchup. He, he's got a fight. He's got a fight booked. I was looking yep. at that one. Uh, Tuivasa, right? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, we also have. Uh, I was thinking maybe Daniel Spitz. I don't know if he's still in the UFC either. Like that's one of those guys that's been around, and I don't know if he's still around. But I think that or like a Tanner Bozer, even though he was supposed to fight Cyril Gain. Yeah. Yeah, he got well. He's he got matched up with uh, Jeff Hughes, and that just got postponed. So I feel like they're just going to rebook it. Um, and that's another thing I have to look at too: is is the guy in a fight? Right? Does he have a fight book? Um, you know, I've made mistakes where I'm like, hey, let's let's match these two guys up. <laughs> one of them will be like, I'm already fighting like tomorrow. Like, what like, what are you doing? Or or they'll say like, we're training partners. I've done that. Um, yeah, that's the hardest one. Yeah, because a lot of t- like you got to look up like what camp are they at, and sometimes you know you look on topology and it's not accurate. Like they used to train somewhere, and now they're training somewhere else. Um, and there's massive gyms too, right? Like everybody's at like AT and Everybody's uh, at. so like, you know not being able to not match guys up at a- like at ATT is is difficult. Um, and I also like to match up. Uh, if you notice from my international cards, um, like if I'm doing if if it's a guy who's from Australia, I like to match him up with an American. Um, mm. I like Didn't doing, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, and who is the who is the other the other fighter? Uh, I call him Tony Martin, but I think officially uh, for you, he goes by Anthony, Anthony Rocco Martin. Martin. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got a fight booked, right? Yeah, he's got so he's scheduled to fight David Zawada. Yeah, yeah. Um, does that card happen? I don't know. I thought, you know, he lost a split to Damian Maya. You know, so I he lost a split, then bounced back with a win over a Russian. I forget his name. So I thought, you know what? Like I thought he was going to get a bigger name. You know, you you go to a split decision with Damian Maya and then bounce back with a win. I think you deserve a guy, if not in the top fifteen, right there on the cusp, right? Like. Imagine him versus Nico. That would have been a fun fight. Yes. Nico, yes. Right? That would have been a lot of fight or a fun fight. Him versus Vicente Luque would have been fun. Him versus Randy Brown. Um, you know, those guys right there on the cusp of the top 15. And I like David Zawad. I think he's a great fighter. But I just don't think – I think he deserved a bigger name personally. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, if I was going to do it, Nico Price. Because Nico Price is begging to fight anybody. Um or you could give him someone who's got a bigger name, but may not, you know, uh, may not be on the cusp of the top fifteen. Like guy like um, Diego Lima, or Diego Sanchez, or so he can knock off Diego Sanchez, get that name on his record. Uh, Matt Matt Brown, that would be fun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> him versus Matt Brown. Um, but yeah, I think he deserves either a big name or a guy on the cusp of the top fifteen. Um, I was surprised when they matched him up against Zawada. 
Lemo wouldn't work because those guys trained together, so they all hey, trained hey, ATT. Just, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I did. You, man, you put me on the spot here. I would have done way more research if I was posted. Uh, totally kidding. It's totally yeah. fine. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no. That those would be. Uh. Yeah, that would be mine. I was surprised with the uh, Zawada booking. Um. But I don't. I don't know why that was the one that was offered, but. Oh. Yeah, it's kind of weird, especially because it's his last last fight on his deal too. So I don't know if they're trying to give him a chance to win, give him another fight or what. But I would have loved the Nico Perez fight. I think that would have been fireworks from the beginning to end. Yeah, no, I think any fight with Nico, Nico fighting anybody's fireworks. The James Vick fight was crazy. The Randy Brown fight was ridiculous. Was, I'm talking Gilbert Burns, Nico Price. I don't know if Nico deserves that, but like that would be a fight that I would pay to see. I don't care. Quarantine, no quarantine, only fight on the card. I'd pay to see it. Imagine Nico Price, Matt Brown. That'd be great. I I like that's the one I was like, neither one of the, well, right now, Matt Brown was supposed to fight Miguel Beza, but that got. I don't know if that's getting canceled or pushed. Um, and I also don't really know who Miguel Beza is. Uh, so I would have liked <laughs> to see him fight uh, Nico. I think that would have been, uh, I think that would have been fireworks. Um, yeah. Especially after Matt Brown escaped that submission against Ben Saunders. That was so deep and he survived that. And then TKO'd yeah. him the next round. Yeah, Matt Brown is one of those guys that I don't know why, but I always root for him. Like, he's been around forever, and he puts on the show. Yeah, yeah, but like even like even other guys who've been around forever, I don't necessarily root for. But for some reason, the guys like him and Court McGee, another one. Uh, I'm always rooting for Court McGee. Um, never talked to him. Don't even I know his backstory, but uh, I've always find found myself rooting for him. Um, not exactly sure why, but uh, I like I like him. I like his story. I like. Liked him on the Ultimate Fighter, um, so yeah. That's like me with uh, Cheeto Vera. Never like I knew who he was, right? And then so my buddy Maurice fights on the Ultimate Fighter finale, yeah. and Cheeto happens to be there just in attendance. So we like it's at the Palm, so it's this really tiny arena. So we come out afterwards, and there's like a bar right there. So you're like running into all these fighters because it's such a small area. Well, he's at the bar with like this like bright fanny pack on, and I'm like, dude, I'm a huge fan. And he was just like, he's like, you want a shot? So then all of a sudden we started slamming shots of tequila, and I was like, dude, you're knocking guys out, you're wearing a fanny pack, we're slamming shots of tequila, we just became best friends. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny how like I met Anthony Smith uh, right before his fight against Volkan Uzmir. I was out drinking before the fight in Moncton. Uh, this is the second card I had ever been to. I'd been to one in Halifax. Uh, and I was out drinking, and I'm walking to the event, and Anthony Smith like just pops out of a pizza shop. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, how's it going? Um, but he was getting swarmed. Um, so I talked to him briefly. Everyone else was asking for pictures, and I could tell he was getting overwhelmed. Um, he didn't want to say, like, get out of my face. But it was also before the fight. Like It was like two hours before. I'm sure he wanted to go like warm up and stuff. Um, so I was like, man, huge fan, shook his hand, and then walked to the event. And I was rooting for Uzumir before I met him. And then I found myself rooting for Anthony Smith. Nice. <laughs> he was like, going for him, don't even care. I, I want Anthony Smith to win. Uh, and he won. Um, but yeah, it's funny how when you meet a fighter, 
it automat you automatically start rooting for them. Like the guys on the podcast, they're my favorite fighters now. Like if I <laughs> if anytime Andre Ewell fights, I'm rooting for him. Like like I'm rooting for him. Um, yeah, it's it's funny how that works, but um, but yeah, but I, I do like Cheeto Vera. What I like about him is that he fights anybody. Um, 100%. Doesn't matter if you're ranked. Doesn't matter where you're at in the rankings. Doesn't care your style. He he's always signing the dotted line. Um, he's supposed to fight Eddie Wineland, I think, or was supposed to. Supposed, yeah. Yeah. What do you think? So ultimately, two forty nine. Does it happen? Yes. Where does it happen? Uh, Florida. <laughs> you think so? I don't know. I'm hearing rumors of Florida, so I, I don't think it happens outside of the States. Um, I was going to say Russia because I don't, but I, then I, I don't think they can, I don't think people are allowed in now. So, uh, yeah, I was going to go Middle East um, up until I found out Khabib stuck. Um, and now I think they're doing, doing the U.S. I don't think they know. I think they're telling us they know, but they don't. <laughs> like, I think they I'm have. Saying, I'm saying it does happen. Yeah. I think a... it's like some Indian reservation in like Oklahoma. <laughs> but I think it's one of the best cards you could have possibly put together. Yeah, I, I think, think they're going to bring in the main events from like the, the Woodley fight, the Nganu, Overeem. I think they're bringing all those guys in and putting something huge on. Um, that's what I think. I also don't think it's going to be a full card. Like, I don't think we're going to see 13 fights. No, probably not. I think we're seeing, like, six. I hope, out of anyone, I hope Walt Harris gets a fight, man. I, 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 want, I want him to. I've always, I've always liked him. And then ever since everything that's happened with his uh, stepdaughter, I've always, like, I'm always going to root for him. You know, anyone who goes through stuff like that, you always end up, rooting for him he was supposed to fight over him so i it's good that he comes back and gets the exact fight he was supposed to get for sure i think uh here's my card i'm gonna call it and we'll see how it pans out i'm going main event colby versus woodley i'm going co-main event rosenstruck versus francis um feature fight I'm going Walt. Uh, I think it's fighting over him. Does Reem live in the U.S.? That's what I don't know. I don't know. I think he, yeah, he does. I think he lives in Florida. Because he trains in California, or I mean Colorado at Team Elevation, I'm pretty sure. So he's got to be in the States. Because he trains with like Curtis Blades and those guys. I don't. Th- Does he train with Curtis Blades now? After he got demolished so. by him. Okay. Oh, I thought um, he was at AKA or not AKA. I thought he was at Black Zillions. But oh, you're right. If, Team. He was. He's at Team Elevation now. You're right. So I say Reem and Walt still happens because they don't have to cut weight. I think um, Calvin Cater, Jeremy Stevens still happens. Yep. Shout out New England Cartel, big Calvin Cater fan. Um, oh, if you need one more fight, you could do Brunson Shabazian. You could do Asparza Waterson. Oh, uh, Kutalaba. Kutalaba is like still in the U.S., 
awaiting like whatever is going to happen, you have to give him a fight. I don't care who he fights. I think they're talking about Kutalaba Weidman. That's what I've been hearing. Done. <laughs> yeah. Done. Yeah, that's what I've been hearing anyway. Um, that's a bad fight for Weidman. I that's a bad fight. Yeah, I, I I like Weidman. I just think he needs to either hang it up or you know take a step back and fight fights that he can win for a little bit until he gets the streak going. Um, yeah. Also, what do you feel? How do you? So since both of our favorite fighters is Cowboy, what do you do? What do you do with him? Three fight losing streak, but obviously all three of those guys are you know Tony Gaethje and Connor. What do you do? Welterweight, um, light, welterweight, think, lightweight, or I think uh, money fights. It doesn't matter. Whatever the weight is, wherever the money is. Um, you know what? I don't understand why people don't ask for like Nate Diaz, Donald Cerrone. I know that they fought previously, right? But like, why do people not ask for that fight more often? Or I, hadn't even I wouldn't even mind seeing, like, Cerrone versus Charles Oliveira. Like, that would be a good fight. But it's like, do you want to build him back up again? Or do you want to just give him money fights and see what happens? Yeah, I don't think he has any interest in the title. Right. Like, he never he never did until he had that, like, 18-fight win streak. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think he even wants the shot. I just think I honestly think he wants wants big fights or just a fight. Um, but he threw his name in the hat for two, two forty nine too. Um, so why not? Of course he did. He's Donald Cerrone. <laughs> of course he did. Yeah. yeah. That's all he does. Like if there's ever a guy you need to save a card, he's your guy. Yeah. Him or Gilbert Burns. Either one of those guys will do it. Love it. What about, um, if he was going to take a fight, that would still be a name that was like, both guys kind of need a win. Michael Johnson, 155? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I also like Michael Johnson, so I don't like that fight because one of my guys is losing. <laughs> um, I'd be rooting for Cowboy, um, but I don't, I don't like that in terms of one of my sure. guys that I like is going to lose. Um, but yeah, that, that fight does make sense. But I think Michael Johnson's fighting Evan Dunham, right? Would you, like, if you're trying to put cards together and you're in the UFC... And you've missed three events. Do you put on Michael Johnson versus Evan Dunham, or do you put on Donald Cerrone versus Michael Johnson? I'd put on Michael Johnson versus Evan, or uh, versus Donald Cerrone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I, it's hard though. I like both of them. I met Michael Johnson when I went to Singapore, so I watched the uh, Asker and Maya fight because I went out for my buddy Maurice's fight. And super cool dude, Michael Johnson, one of the coolest human beings in the world. And I felt super bad because we were in the elevator and I went to go shake his hand. And he has, like, his rosary wrapped around his arm. Well, like, the cross part of the rosary fell off. So I was just, like, stuck. Didn't know what to do. I was like, uh, like, do you grab it? Like, I don't know. I don't know what to do here. It was pretty awkward. I felt bad. <laughs> how, how, was, how was Singapore? Dude, we took this flight. So I've been to every one of my buddy most fights. And I'm like... Dude, I can't go to Singapore. Like, it's too expensive. And so we were, like, watching flights, watching flights, watching flights. And I'm talking with the fiancé, and I'm like, babe, how much would it have to cost for us to go? And she was oh, like, so she Shit. went too. Yeah. And she was like, 
was like, just throw a number out there per person that you would say yes to. And she was like, I was like, one, two, three, 700 bucks. Both of us said the same amount. And so it was six days, no, nine days before the fight. So it was like the, or no, eight days. It was the Friday, the week before the fight. And so Mo was staying at her house. I was bringing him to the airport the next day. And I was like, hey, babe, check online. Like, let's just see how much those tickets were. And she was like, there's 700 bucks. And I was like, shut the fuck up. And she's like, no, <laughs> seriously, like there's 700 bucks. And so something I didn't know about international flights is that if they don't fill up, they price drop like a week beforehand. And so we basically stayed with him in the hotel. Like food is cheap as could be when you're over there. So like we had this like spur of the moment vacation to Singapore, went to the fights. Like for anyone who's never traveled to like Southeast Asia, like Thailand, Singapore, like anything in that area, like I would do it hands down. One, by far the cleanest place I've ever been in my entire life. Two, the best street food I've ever eaten in my entire life. And like the architecture, the aesthetics, just how everything looks is like unbelievable. Yeah. Like one minute you can hike in the jungle, next minute you're like in this cosmopolitan city. It's crazy. It was super fun. How uh how'd you find the main the main event? The uh the the stand up was uh probably the best stand up I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Um, man, I will tell you that, uh, it definitely, like when people talk about MMA being a chess match, yeah. like that's exactly what Ben Askren versus Damian Maya was. And Askren had the perfect plan until he slipped up. So the plan was like, Hey, stay on your feet, keep your distance, get the takedown late in the round, win the round. Right. And then all of a sudden he takes Maya down to the ground with like four minutes left. I don't care who you are. You're not surviving four minutes on the ground with Damian Maya. Unless you're Gilbert Burns. <laughs> Gilbert, right. Burns Gilbert Burns did, but, uh, but I mean, he's also a, what, second degree black belt. Right. Yeah. So it's like, it, it, uh, it was interesting though, because it's such a small venue over there. So like the T-Mobile arena, for instance, in Vegas is packed. Or like in Singapore, I think there were the attendance was maybe six thousand people. Like it was, it was kind of interesting. Yeah, I've never been. I've, I've done some. I've traveled to Europe and stuff, but I've never been uh, Southeast Asia. It is a hundred percent on my bucket list. Uh, do it. So, yeah, yeah. I, I need to do it. I need to do it. Um, but the uh, problem is time, time and uh, and money. Uh, you know, but you can always get money back. Uh, it's just how do you get time off work? Right? You can't get your job back if you decide to just get up and leave. That's true. Yeah. Uh, it, what's the fight other than I mean the one coming up? Is there a fight that's been announced or that uh, that has been talked about that you're looking most forward to? Doesn't Good have to question. be big names. Can be anybody. Um, let me reference quick I gotta see what we still have that is scheduled compared to all the cancellations quick yeah 
If I had to give you like my short answer, non UFC pick, um, Lima versus Musasi. That's yep. I think that's going to be a really good fight, and I'm interested to see Lima kind of take that next step up. Um, I'm a huge Lima fan, but granted, like he trains with Tony, so it's kind of like secondhand respect. But um, that's going to be a good fight. That's two really, really talented guys that just happen to fight for another organization. Yeah, I like uh, Sandhagen and Sterling. I think that's going to be fun. Very underrated. I don't know if it's been like officially announced yet, but I think that's expected to to happen. Uh, Hooker and Poirier obviously is going to be fireworks. <laughs> um, that's going to be that's going to be crazy. Um, but I, I'm the one I'm looking most forward to is Aldo Cejudo. I really like that fight, even though Aldo's coming off a two fight skid. Uh, I do like that fight because I thought he won the last one. Like, you can't get mad at that. Like, granted, I know that the Yoel fight didn't pan out, but I don't care who you are. Like, what you do inside and outside the cage sells fights, not your record. Like, to my point earlier about the people who cruise out decision wins, like, I hope that Aldo goes in there and knocks off Cejudo's head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I don't know if it resonates with you, but... It went from Kobe Covington being the most hated UFC fighter, and now Cejudo has easily assumed that position in the last few months for me. Yeah, I've here's a yeah. I, I mean, at first it was funny. Now it's like almost annoying. It's annoying. Uh, yes. The thing the thing about Colby though is I didn't like it. Like I hate this. Uh, and then he appeared on um, Brandon Schaub's. Uh, that uh, food truck diaries. And I started finding it funny. And then when he was fighting Usman, I found myself rooting for Colby, which Me was, too. I, I was rooting for Colby and I, I like Usman, but when they started fighting, I was like, I kind of want Colby to win this, um, which was unusual. Um, but uh, I don't mind Colby. I actually like it. Uh, one of the few people that I think are going to say like, they kind of like the, uh, all the antics, but uh, I started liking it. <laughs> Dude, talking about how we were talking about scoring earlier, very unpopular opinion. I had it 3-1 Colby going into the fifth. Me too. See? Yeah, I had had 3-1. But if Colby made it to the end of the fight, I would have scored a 10-8. Yeah, it would have been a draw. Yeah, I would have ended up being a draw. 100%. Uh, Yeah, I had it 3-1 going into the fifth. Yeah, That's exactly what I thought. See, great minds think alike. Yeah, huh. I think we've, we've we've kind of scored most of like we had GSP the same. We had Tiago and uh, and Jones. And now this one, um, but yeah. All right, man. I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I'm Dude, like, sorry, I took up so much time of your night tonight. Oh, man, I appreciate it's, it. Oh, it's, it's all good, man. We can, we'll have to do this again. I I, I like that. It's uh, I find I find I'm getting better at it where I don't have to write down questions. It just I like this a lot more. I find when I'm talking to, to some fighters, it's like I'm asking them and it's not so much like dialogue. Um, so, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm down whenever uh, we can do it before fights, after fights. If you're ever if you're ever free and you ever want to jump back on, uh, more than happy to. This is uh, I, I love this. This is this is my video games. This is my sport. This is, <laughs> yeah. my, this is what I do instead of playing video games. I, I plan out podcasts. Uh, I like it. Yeah. So all, right. all right. 
So I'm going to take you up on that, and here's my request. You got to give me one fight to watch from now till then, and I got to fight for you. So you Sounds- told everybody your moment in MMA that got you hooked. Rampage, tearing down the door. Yep. Mine is UFC 13, Vitor Belfort versus Tank Abbott. Okay, I'll have to watch that fight. So Vitor. Tank was- Abbott was on this monster roll, knocking everybody out, mocking them after they were, like, shaking on the ground. Vitor, like, young, I hate to say it, probably steroided Vitor <laughs> Belfort was steamrolling the UFC. When he, when he when he knocked out, was it Vanderlei, when he was wearing shoes and he just ran full speed? That was, <laughs> <laughs> that was crazy. Uh, he was nine, 19 years old, like 240, and just shredded. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. That was a... Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll watch that fight. Vitor versus Tank. Tank Abbott. Uh, wait, that UFC one. 13. Okay. Let's see. One fight. Uh, I'll get you to watch. Uh, I've already seen it. I'll watch it again. Yeah. I was gonna give you some like weird fight, uh, <laughs> uh, like Bob Stapp after his, his heyday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, getting knocked out by like chubby Asian guys. Yeah, or like the Batista fight. Uh, <laughs> uh, Punk versus Mike Jackson, or one of those. Um, let's see. Just trying to think of a, of a fight that I I really liked um, recently. Let me just quickly quickly scroll through here. I don't want it to be an obvious fight either. Like I don't want it. To I know that's a tough part. Yeah, I don't want it to be like I want it to be guys that aren't necessarily as well known. Um, that's I always like going back and watching those those guys fight. Let's see here. Um, hmm. Maybe one that like I've scored differently. Let's see. Uh, UFC. It's a good question. There's so many out there. Yeah, and like the one that continues to come back to my mind is is uh, Choi Swanson, but I think that's just because it was absolutely bananas, and I think it's fun. Uh-huh. Um, but the the one fight though, I'll get you to watch this one. Eric Silva, Matt Brown. Just go back and rewatch that first round and uh, just tell me if that is not the most exciting f- round you've ever seen. Eric Silva, Matt Brown. Perfect. I'm on it. Have you ever watched it? Yeah. 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 I haven't so watched it in a long time. Like, that's a throwback. That's one of those ones that you've seen and then you probably rewatched it after it happened a couple times, but haven't revisited in years. Yeah. So there's that one. Uh, that's probably the one that the one round. If anyone asked me what's the most exciting round you've ever watched, that one. Uh, you know, two guys just got dropped repeatedly, and they kept they kept coming forward. Uh, so yeah, that's that's the fight. Yeah. Wow, that favorite round of all time. All right. Yeah, that's that's my favorite round of all time. Mine is uh, Czech Congo Pat Berry. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, obviously <laughs> that that fight was crazy too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Czech Congo, Pat Berry. Yep, that is that one as well. But hey, man, I appreciate it. Like, thank you for taking the time. Uh, anytime you got free time, you need someone to chat with, you want to fill in, I'm down. All right, well, yeah, whenever we can do it before, after cards, doesn't matter. We could talk about a card. Doesn't. I'm I'm always down to talk UFC. So 
uh, yeah, if you're ever free, we'll uh, we'll do this again. All right, cool, man. Thank you. All right, man.